Central. This is Tech Radio. All things computers, gadgets and web happening right now in Ireland. Hear us anytime on iTunes or download from techcentral.ie. Hello there and welcome to Tech Radio, the number one Irish tech podcast with you every Friday morning on your favourite podcasting app or of course Friday evenings with RTE Radio. My name is Dusty Rhodes, you're welcome to show number 909, joined as always by our Editor-in-Chief Niall Kitson. And the big story this week really is Apple making more big announcements during the week with uh, new products and new toys for us. What did you make of it, Niall? Uh, do you know what? I really miss audiences. I just, I, I miss the hooping, the hollering, the cheering, the yeah. clapping. I mean, what we're watching at the moment here are these very slick, pre-recorded, uber-rehearsed uh, presentations mm. that you press play and that's it. They've been sitting in somebody's server for the last week and then somebody just put it up on YouTube. Uh, you know, there's no there's no humanity to these things whatsoever. And they may as well just play a one hour long commercial uh, and that'll do. Um, hang on, because, hang on. That's, are, are you trying to tell me that that wasn't a one hour long commercial? <laughs> OK, OK. That's exactly what it felt you like. You know what I mean, though. You know what I mean. It's slick and it's soulless. It, it is, uh, yeah. It doesn't completely. matter doesn't matter what kind of music or what clips you try to layer on these things. Mm. Um, they're, they're, yeah, they're still corporate approved and yeah. nothing goes wrong well, and all those sort of nice little moments. Exactly. Um, well, hopefully all that will return later on this year. Let's talk about the new products. And I thought, you know what, overall, I kind of, I, there was one really big thing I thought. And they didn't start with that. Of course, they never do. Um, they started off with kind of refreshes more than anything else. They got the, the latest iPhone SE. It's got the mm-hmm. uh, the A15 processor in it. They've added 5G to it. Um, they've improved the camera yeah. so that it's got this, uh, I think, center stage thing on it. <clears throat> so it'll follow mm-hmm. you around um, if the camera is still and you're moving. Um, 520 quid. Do you think it's worth it? Well, th- this is their entry level device. I know. You know, like they, they've put the A15 chip in it, uh, which puts it on a par with sort of all their kind of flagship mm. uh, phones in terms of performance. So that's kind of brilliant. Uh, so you look at it and it's increasingly teetering towards not so much the more affordable model because 520 euro is still very expensive. Yeah. Um, when you've got, you know, the likes of Samsung and Xiaomi and all that delivering what for a lot of people would be comparable performance for, you know, 150 to 200 euro. Absolutely. So you're still shelling out for that iPhone experience, mm. albeit, you know, they it's better protected glass on the front and the back, all these sort of upgrades that you would expect. Um, and I think... You know, for me, that's very much my favorite form factor of iPhone. Mm-hmm. I still like the button at the bottom. Uh, I still prefer Touch ID to Face ID. And would I buy one? Mm, it's it's too rich for what you would get. But you, I think if I was going to spend 500 quid on a phone, I would probably go and spend 800 quid on a phone. Because for the extra whatever, two, three hundred quid, you would get a much better phone. One thing that I will give 
to Apple on this is that they have committed to producing devices with longer lives because I think during the presentation didn't they say that these will be these phones will be good for five major software updates mm. and therefore about <gasps> seven years. Do you know what? I heard somebody making an absolutely brilliant point about Apple, okay? And basically they mm -hmm. were saying Apple is a luxury product, okay? So mm -hmm. like Hermes uh, uh, handbags or gold watches or Rolex or whatever, okay? But they said the big difference is, is that, you know, an Hermes handbag or a Rolex watch or any of those luxury goods will last you a lifetime. Mm. Not yeah. so your iPhone, that's true. So it is, and it's an interesting uh, distinction. So iPhone SE uh, was kind of okay. iPad Air. Pfft. Oh, can can I throw in Ooh. one last point yeah. on the SE, which yeah. is vital? Five uh, G connectivity, of course. Yes, sorry. Uh, we can't, we, you you can't let that slide. Uh, it's it's 5G. Um, and again, considering that so many phones in the entry level would have beaten Apple over the head with the fact that your phone isn't 5G. Yeah. To see them catch up in that distinctly Apple way yeah. is um, good. Yeah. I'm not going to say, you know, it's good and important. I'm not going to say it's exciting because right. it's something they had to do anyway. Exactly. Uh, iPad Air, I've very little to say about it. They've added 5G to that if you want it. Um, they've put in a center stage camera on it. It's like, you know, it's fine. 700 quid. Mm. Um, I, uh, whatever, you know, I, I kind of really want to focus on the big announcement that they made. The one oh, that we weren't see, I knew, really, well, I knew you would do this because I actually thought the, the iPad, um, the new iPad Air throws up an, a difficult question cool. for somebody that's looking to upgrade, cool. right? What? And this is something you alluded to there in your comment about spending 800 euro if you have 500 euro to spend on a phone. Okay. Right? So fifth generation iPad Air that was announced, right? Let's look at that in comparison to the 11 inch iPad Pro. Okay. Okay. So they both come in the same colors, more or less. I mean, the, the new iPad Air adds um, pink uh, and purple. Um, it says that they've got something called Starlight, but I'm going to say that's silver and not make a big thing of it. Um, they've both got, well, I mean, the new iPad Air is 10.9 inch display. The old iPad Pro has an 11 inch display. Um, Face ID for the Pro, Touch ID for the Air. No problem with me that. Both the M1 chip. Um, roughly the same decent camera on both. Uh -huh. um, true depth on both. Um, okay, 5G on both. Now, you know, side by side, you know, functionally speaking, there's not an awful lot between these two. But the entry, the fifth gen iPad Air comes in at 709 to start, mm -hmm. whereas the iPad Pro 11 inch is 909 to start. So taking your idea, how about we invert it and go, okay, well, that's 909, but I've got that much and... Uh, uh, what, what do I need? Bit to yeah. spare. Do you know what? I'm, Why wouldn't I backtrack to the to just the, the regular Air? At the moment, I'm exactly the same with the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air. I would I would happily go with the MacBook Air. There's a small trade down, if you like, but only very small. 
Uh, and I like the yeah. fact that it's slimmer and lighter and da da and all that kind of stuff. So I get exactly what you're saying about the iPad Air. And maybe... Do you, do you know what the difference is? What? And it's the only difference between the, the third generation 11-inch iPad Pro and the iPad Air. Audience, that is the only difference. Because you know with the, the current iPad Pros, they're, uh, they're selling into the creative space. Uh, but th- th- uh, this is what Apple do. And you're right, actually. Yeah. You're right. It's essentially the same piece of tech, but they tweak it for a different audience. You're so right. And they, Kinda, will tweak, yeah. and they will tweak the price for the different audience because the pro audience will kind of think, well, mine's a bit better and I paid an extra 400 quid for it. So, of course, it's uh, brilliant. You know, whereas iPad Air maybe is more of the, the, the prosumer or consumer uh, end, end of the Well, market. you know, compare and contrast the top-end mm. iPad Pro, right, the 12.9-inch model, mm. um, which at that size, you may as well just get a 13-inch laptop, to be honest. <laughs> that <True>. starts coming <laughs> in at €1,300. There, there. I know. It's crazy. I mean, that's that's more than a basic MacBook Air, you know. Let's talk about the big announcement of the day, which was the Mac Studio, is what they've called it. I, I knew, I knew you would want to get to this. You okay, know, now, more so than talk of content, more so than talk of green phones, which was in there as well. And what do you think you, I'm going to say? To get to the big stuff. What do you What do you think I'm going to say? Do you think I'm going to say I love it? I want one. I hate it. I can't stand it. I'm not paying that much. It's brilliant. It's you, the best thing ever. They They had you at hello. <laughs> when you saw that thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. OK, so they had me. Hello. All right. So basically what the Mac Studio is, it's kind of like uh, it's like a Mac Mini on steroids, essentially. It's it's mm-hmm. the same size, but much taller. It's 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 not twice as tall. It's maybe two and a half times taller. So right. it is tall, but it will sit on your desktop and it will sit under the thing. Uh, they have put a significant amount of processing in there in that they have got the M1 Max starting off mm. with, okay, which gives you 10 cores uh, in, in the CPU, 24 cores for the GPU, which is amazing for anybody doing a video. And then you've got your 16 core neural engine as well. Um a regular M1, I'm not, no, it's not fair to com- compare uh, like with like. I was going to say the Mac Mini is 800 quid. Uh, the Mac Studio, which is kind of like the pro end, if you like. And it would yeah. replace, if you want to say, the Mac Pro, essentially, as in the desktop computer. Long gone is that uh, big cheese grater hunk of a thing. Um, and yeah. now it's in desktop form like a Mac Mini, except taller. Uh, 2,350 quid. Yeah, that's, you know, yeah. kind of that's a fair, but you are you are getting a lot of processing power. How that matches up with a with a Mac Pro. Anyway, they also introduced then uh, the M1 Ultra. And this, yeah. this, this is very Apple. All right. The M1 Ultra. Mm-hmm. Essentially, what we did was we took two M1 Max processors and glued them together for twice the power. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, who'd have thunk it? Uh, who, 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 who such thought, a diabolical uh, plan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> All right. And amazingly, in true Apple form, the price is exactly twice the price. Mm, yeah. So if you want the yeah. M1 Ultra, you're looking at 4,600. So it's thinking, uh, all right, okay. they're very much into the pro professional end of things. There's no way I'm going to be buying one. I'll tell you two things, a couple of things now. Um, one, no way I'm spending that kind of money. Uh, number two, I don't like the form factor. Uh, number three, if one of the things I really like about my Mac Pro, which I still have to this day, all right, um, 
One of the things I like about it is that it's big, it's chunky, it's heavy. It looks like it cost a fortune. Right. And I think what I would do with this little Mac Studio thing, desktop thing, is I would probably hide it uh, behind the Mac Pro. (laughs) 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 And I might feel like I'm getting my my, my money's worth. But, uh, you know, kind of really, uh, I I was impressed. Pressed the money, no way. Not a hope. I, okay. I, I, would, I would pay twice what I pay for Mac Mini, maybe. Uh, so you're up at kind of the 14, 1600 euro mark. I'm not paying 2400 for it. Forget it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, look at the, the Mac Pro, uh, whose days are numbered, the, the cheese grater well, design. True, yeah. Uh, starting at, what is it? It's more than six grand anyway, right? It is the last of the Intels. Yep. So it's it's on the way out. Yep. Yep. You know, could you imagine like a year ago if you dropped that much money on a you know a high performance? Uh, do you know what? They're still in demand. Machine. My 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 Mac Pro is ten years old, uh, and if I sell it today, I'll get twelve hundred quid for it. And you'd be happy. Oh, I'd be. Of course, I'd be happy. Um, but it's just like it does. It has kind of held its value. Uh, the other thing then to go, of course, with the uh, the Mac Studio is you need a screen, and this is the bit that made yes. me smile. Okay. So they have the studio display, twenty seven mm-hmm. inches, five K Retina, da 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 da, and all that kind of. That looks go- glorious. Mm-hmm. Comes with a tilt stand. <laughs> 30 degrees worth of tilt, yo. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. Included uh, 17, well, no, it was 1,800 quid uh, for that. And then the height adjustable stand. Do you remember the one that they announced last year? And they were kind of going yeah. on about the screen and how amazing it was. And it's like, and if you want a stand, we've got this amazing stand. And the stand is $1,000. It's like, come I on. I remember the audience. Come on. Just, just Even the audience was going, yeah, exactly. You're you're taking the mick. Uh, yeah. So now they, they've, they've, uh, uh, adjusted the price on that significantly uh, and it'll cost you 450 quid if you want the same stand which is still a ridiculous amount of money I don't care how good it is get the tilt stand yeah. or just put a visa mount on the back of it and, and oh. so anyway yeah. overall I think um, aside from the Mac Studio which I think is kind of interesting but really more for professionals there was very yeah. little of interest in the Apple event this week Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think it's interesting to see what they're, what's out there. I mean, not necessarily what I'm interested in buying because oh, they true. do have things tiered so well. And I think the market for the Mac Studio and the Mac Pro is self-selecting. Yeah. Uh, similarly, the market for the um, display is self-selecting. And when you think about the companies that will be using them, like production houses, I mean, that's money they'll make back very, very quickly. Well, there you go. Listen, we've more information on that for you on our website at techcentral.ie, where, of course, you can also get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates and daily newsletters and more. Check it out. Techcentral.ie. For now, Niall, thank you. Magnet Plus is a new name, and we've a radically new approach to connecting businesses. Let's start with long-term contracts. We've threaded them. You're not tied into a contract. With 30 days' notice, you can leave. Our job is to make sure you never want to. So Magnet Plus promises incredible service as standard. Our people will never let yours down. And with Contract Freedom Business Broadband, you're never tied down. Discover what else Magnet Plus can do differently for your business at magnetplus.ie. Terms and conditions apply. 
This is Tech Central, your weekly tech podcast from Ireland's techcentral.ie. The closure of schools and colleges during COVID saw learning experiences move online at a rapid and unprecedented pace. So what happens now that students are returning to classrooms and lecture halls? Is that pace of innovation likely to slow down? Maybe not. Brendan Kavanagh is CEO of Olive Group and he spoke with Niall Kitson about his company's new virtual learning environment that uses artificial intelligence to create high quality learning material. Brendan, we're pretty much coming out of the COVID-19 pandemic and as a society, we're taking an awful lot of learnings with us, uh, most um, particularly, I suppose, in the area of teleconferencing and virtual learning environments and the delivery of uh, of learning content where we're looking less at virtual learning environments as sort of a not quite a nice add-on but something that can complement a course as looking at things like zoom and teams and skype as almost a default way of delivering uh, courses in, in some cases what learnings have you taken from this experience has it surprised you how quickly people have evolved to accept um this combination of, you know, online lectures plus the virtual environment. Absolutely, Niall. Um, and, and like I think, um, you know, prior to, to COVID, we were involved with a lot of um, corporate enterprises who, you know, were beginning this journey in terms of converting uh, a lot of their um, classroom training to virtual learning environments. And we'd been involved with, a global company called The Gap, and they are quite famous for delivering negotiation skills. So luckily, we had developed um, some technology for them to be able to sort of deploy across the across the board. But once COVID hit, um, I am also very involved in the uh, formal education um, sectors in Ireland and in the US and Australia. And um, we saw immediately that uh, Zoom um, really took off in terms of the ability to be able to uh, host, a, you know, conversations and, and um, you know, but uh, it lacked um, the ability to be able to sort of create interactivity between students and learners. And I think Google and, and Microsoft Teams um, suffered in that way as well. Um, but however, it, it became the only choice really for providing, um, you know, education. And um, for us, um, we um, were involved then in very quickly in um, sort of addressing the, the sort of problem of learners and tutors being disengaged and, um, you know, and frustrated with kind of the legacy systems. But you right, as you rightly say, um, that whole education technology um, sort of sector really sort of, I think there was probably um, 10 years of digital transformation as was planned, um, you know, advanced within a space of about two years. And uh, there was a number of uh, issues, obviously, uh, Zoom, had their, Zoom had their security problems and, and the likes and... Um, sort of Microsoft Teams um, being sort of probably um, in certainly Western Europe, 90% of the, the sort of education market. 
um, it became really popular. And people who said that they would never um, be able to sort of, um, you know, handle, you know, technology like this suddenly uh, found themselves and were on conferences all the time and um, and certainly in the education environment, um, you know, the advancement and, and the speed in which um, uh, formal education and enterprise education caught up is sort of stunning. It just shows, I suppose, when you have to. But there did remain a, a big problem, and that was, I would say, you know, the quality of content and the interactivity between the tutors and the sort of disjointed and disconnected um, experience in the first sort of six to, to 12 months would be my opinion. I think, you know, everybody, I think, suffered some degree of whiplash uh, when it yeah. came to interacting yeah. with content. And there is that sort of marketing idea that if you want to sort of get, reach an audience, you have to go where they live. And this is a problem, I think, the education sector suffered with in particular because you had people generating their own content or used to using, you know, high-end smartphones, generating high-definition content, making their own videos, and still having to go back into these kind of stuffy uh, educational environments where they're not using that same level of technology. Did you find that that fed into that problem of disengagement? Yes, and, and I think if you talk to a lot of parents, they they had a lot of um, very bored kids and, you know, they were receiving sort of school uh, lessons and um, assessments and all the rest of, you know, by exchanging email and all that sort of stuff. And uh, certainly in the corporate side, Again, um, people were, um, you know, left, um, you know, uh, without that sort of sense of face-to-face, -face, um, you know, interactivity in, in the whole learning space. And uh, I, I would say um, that the big problem was that the engagement um, in relation to the, the subject matter was was uh, a problem, and a number of other problems like um, you know, that needed to be addressed. You know, and were addressed, I think, over a period of time. But like fr frictionless onboarding, so easy access uh, for all app users. You know, um, and then sort of increased engagement, and then everything in one place. There, there are three of the key. I think problems that required a solution during the, the period, and and um, I think that that is um, something that was addressed. I would say uh, over the period and uh, has led to uh, you know a massive explosion in the whole area of education technology. And I think CEOs around the world and and ministries and and. Um, you know, the education uh, principles, et cetera. Um, I think they witnessed a benefit in terms of um, being able to measure the uh, retention rates and, and the like. So from, from that aspect, you know, there was definitely a problem. But I think that uh, in most areas, they, um, 
the industry sort of stepped up and provided solutions, albeit, you know, going from very frustrated to, um, you know, providing solutions over a period of 12 months. Yeah, and I think some of those solutions uh, very much forced on people to to uh, to implement because, you know, we've all done courses online, we've all done free courses, we've all signed up for premium courses, and there is a certain slickness that you expect to come with them. Uh, however, you have an awful lot of people that have been forced into these sort of um, uh, best fit solutions based on the technology that's already out on the market, trying to cobble together something that, that will work. So when you're coming to the market um, looking to create your own addition you're applying your own artificial intelligence to the problem of disengagement uh, to that problem of keeping a virtual environment uh, compelling how did you decide what you were going to add to the mix that isn't already there with those face-to-faces with being able to download a pdf of of notes Where, where did you come in and see okay we can do something different well, I think um, sort of some of the main problems has been that, um, you know, there's limited time in a lot of, particularly in formal education, um, you know, for resources to create learning materials, high-end interactive motion graphics. And, and you know, um, if you look at how people get their messaging, you know, pre-COVID and, uh, and uh, during COVID, you know, in their in their personal lives or their social lives on, on, you know, some of the social platforms, you know, the likes of Instagram and TikTok, TikTok and, and Spotify and, and all of those, you, you know, you get a very high digital message and it's kind of where people are at uh, in terms of how they receive their messages quickly and how they consume. And, you know, um, that whole space, you know, I think, looking at some of the statistics that are coming from foresters and those that, you know, uh, people's, you know, you have like, I think seven seconds to catch, um, you know, to stimulate a human being. I think a goldfish is like eight seconds. So um, they're doing all of this on their social uh, media and all the rest of it. And then they go into um, education, whether it's in enterprise or in formal education, and they get a lot of boring um, sort of PDFs or online or PowerPoints or whatever. So what we set out to do, Niall, was to be able to really sort of address that, you know, with an AI-powered learning content creation tool and to be able to convert existing PDFs and um, PowerPoints and scripts um, to high-end interactive motion graphic videos and um, then also to uh, really sort of uh, deliver them at, I mean, the main reason, it's kind of the elephant in the room for many years in education. It's why education is so far behind other sectors. Uh, it's the cost of creating that high-end interactive motion graphic uh, and then the length of time that it takes to actually deliver it. So we set out with the, our AI tool uh, which we created um, about a year ago, we launched. And um, so, you know, that has made a massive impact uh, in terms of how fast we can create it and uh, how much cost we can take off the creation of it. It's very exciting. 
And when you're looking to take cost off these things, it's much more beneficial to work as a plugin for an, a, an existing platform rather than building your own from scratch. Uh, part of which is uh, a partnership you have with Teams at the moment. If you like to tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Um, so Microsoft um, approached us in um, early in, in COVID and uh, asked us, if we would be interested in putting our sort of software inside the Teams application, which is sort of designed to integrate the, the interactive learning management system and sort of, um, you know, long courses and portfolio management. And um, they, um, they invited us to create an app inside the Teams app uh, store. And... Uh, in doing that, uh, you know, Microsoft have over 270 million Teams users globally. Um, so it was a very easy yes for us to, to, to get involved with them. But also, like they, Microsoft are, um, you know, a huge percentage of the education um, market. And they too wanted to enhance the learner experience. So us placing our AI tool inside that um, application um, really sort of brings a massive benefit both to um, formal educationalists and then also to HRs and learning and development teams in corporates as well. And uh, notwithstanding publishers who for many years have, I suppose, been standing in the, on the breach between the digital um, economies and the conversion and then you know, the sale of books, the old traditional book list. So we've been engaged with them as well. And, um, you know, we're advancing very, very quickly. It's, it's a unique tool that we have. Um, our um, data science team have built out the, um, the machine learning. So basically what it does is pull down from our repository, it reads the script, and then pulls down the repository images and videos and templates that are relevant uh, in relation to the context. And we also have API'd into uh, the internet repositories like Shutterstock and Videoblock and, and Synthesis Voice over and all that kind of thing. And um, you know, there's a massive, massive um, um, disruption, uh, obviously, in terms of uh, the amount of time that it takes and the cost uh, in the in the status quo in terms of the current way of, of creating this high-end content. Another problem that people uh, have, and it's it's one that I think everyone in, in journalism and, and company secretaries, etc., have, is um, dictation and problems uh, with natural language processing. Uh, this is something you're working towards as well when it comes uh, specifically to working with lectures and coming up with, um, I, I suppose, uh, accurate dictation of their lectures. Yeah, so part of our offer is an AI listening tool. So if they are um, presenting, usually to an already instructionally designed format, um, we can put the AI listening um, device on that. And then five minutes after the lecture is complete, uh, the script is produced. Um, and um, then with AI, we can convert it into different languages. Um, we can uh, then uh, also create that um, sort of full 
high-end interactive motion graphic experience. Um, and so the efficiencies in, in doing that are um, sort of just um, awesome, just mind-blowing. And, you know, you have an alpha version in minutes rather than in months, you know. And that was Brendan Kavanagh, CEO of Olive Group. You can learn more about Olive's virtual learning environment at olivegroup.io. Of course, that website address will be in the show notes on your phone or whichever device you're listening to us on right now. That's it for our Tech Radio show for this week. Do remember you can get the lowdown on all things tech in Ireland with hourly updates, daily newsletters and more at techcentral.ie. And of course, you'll find us every week on Fridays with RTE Radio 1 Extra or online with your favourite podcasting app. Until next time, from myself, Dusty Rhodes and from Nala Kitson, as always, thank you for listening and have a great weekend. Get Tech Radio. Subscribe for free with iTunes or download on demand at techcentral.ie. Tech Radio is produced by digitalaudioproductions.com. Tech Central.